Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pickle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 231 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. The Padres just split a two-game set with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, this is Wednesday, September 14th. Padres got that four-game series coming up against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Man, uh, game one of this two-game series was really good. Uh, maybe not from the offensive point of view, but pitching-wise, it was definitely really, really good. It was great. Darvish, eight solid innings. Haters closes it down for the ninth. But then game two was not a solid pitching performance, at least from the starting pitcher, Mike Clevenger, uh, who is, you know, home run prone right now. He's given up some home runs recently, and I think that's a concern. Obviously, Padre fans are going to be concerned about the team making the postseason right now because if Milwaukee wins tonight against the Cardinals, then the Padres' wild card lead goes down to one game. I still think this team will make the postseason. Uh, but right now, it does kind of feel like the Padres are only in a wild card spot. They're only in a playoff spot because the Cardinals aren't playing amazingly well. They played well as of late. Uh, let me see what they're doing in their last 10 games. Last 10, they're 6-4. and four. Padres are four and six in their last 10. So that's kind of where Milwaukee's been able to make up a little bit of ground there. Um, but yeah, obviously Juan Soto, you know, I'm just starting off here. We'll obviously go through Tuesday and today's games. Uh, preview Arizona series. Bob Melvin's made some interesting comments the other day. Um, a lot to talk about. Uh, but I wanted to start off just obviously going through probably some of the concerns of this fan base, I would think. Uh, let me know in the chat here live on YouTube if you're concerned as well uh, about the starting pitching because Joe Musgrove, I'm confident that he'll get back to who he was, but right now we have to just deal with what's happening right now. And right now, Joe Musgrove's not the guy that he was uh, you know, heading into the All-Star break, right? Um, Mike Clevenger, he's had some really good moments this year, but... And I know uh, 
the two his last two starts entering today were against the Dodgers. I was expecting him to be better today than he was. Um, Shamanaya, he's starting tomorrow. Uh, he looked good in that one inning that he threw against the Dodgers uh, this past weekend at Petco. But what is he going to look like starting tomorrow against the D-backs? Obviously, he was pulled from the rotation and they skipped him from the rotation because of how much he had struggled his last couple of starts. You know, getting pounded uh, by the Dodgers and the Royals. You know, just leaving meatballs over the middle of the plate. Just from Bob Melvin, probably from his point of view, just didn't feel like his arm was fully uh, healthy. So they skipped him. So it's not a guarantee that Manaya bounces back and looks great tomorrow. Uh, I probably wouldn't expect him to look great tomorrow, to be honest. So with the rotation, who do we trust right now? Like fully trust. I fully trust one guy right now, you Darvish. And we obviously saw that on Tuesday. Uh, he showed that going eight innings. And some fans wanted him to complete that game. But after that, do you fully trust anyone else in the rotation right now? Blake Snell, do you fully trust him? I don't think so. Um, he always seems to have that blow-up inning uh, every few starts, every couple starts, or sometimes it's consecutive starts. You know, he had a couple good starts, really solid starts, and then this last time had that bad fifth inning against the Dodgers on Saturday, right? Obviously, already talked about Clevenger and giving up a bunch of home runs. And Manaya. Don't know what he's going to do, right? So right now it feels like it's a one-guy rotation, like someone that you really, really trust. I know the postseason doesn't start right now, so that's the positive that I'm spinning out of this with the rotation is, hey, look, we got three weeks still to get more trust and in this rotation and the rest of the rotation. We got three more weeks for this rotation to get back into form, right? But you also have three more weeks to make the postseason. I'm saying we have three more weeks because I'm confident they will turn it around. Same thing with Soto and all that. And we're also running out, out of time with him as well. And the rest of the offense, it's not just Soto, as I talked about earlier this week on the podcast uh, and YouTube show. Uh, so the positive is they have some time. But also, they got to realize that, well, you need to start turning it on now because Milwaukee is going to have an easier schedule down the stretch. I know right now they're going to be they're playing a stretch of division winners. Um, the Mets and the Yankees uh, and the Cardinals playing the Cardinals right now. Um, and so they've got this is their tough stretch, but the Padres they they still have um, games against the Dodgers coming up. The Giants games aren't easy usually. I know they swept them the last time, but usually they aren't that easy. Um, so it's going to be tough for them to make the postseason. Uh, there's time. But I did want to start off this episode by stating the concerns. The starting pitching, I think, is a concern right now, at least for me. Uh, and the offense definitely is a concern. Um, after scoring two runs yesterday, and two those two runs weren't really the Padres. Uh, I mean, Crony hustled on, uh, on the ball J.P. Crawford was relaxed with. Um, and then he scored on Myers' double. Uh, Julio Rodriguez made an error, got Nola to third before he scored on Soto's little uh, nubber to, to the pitcher. So it wasn't, they weren't like clean Padres runs last night. Uh, and there were only two runs there. And they won that game because of amazing pitching performances from Hayter and uh, Darvish. Darvish mainly, obviously. And today they scored one run. And Part of it wasn't just Clevenger. Part of it, when Clevenger got down three nothing today, it kind of felt like the game was over. Um, I like to keep the faith. Uh, I I don't like giving up on the team, but you also knew that Luis Castillo was on the other side of things, and the way the offense is going right now, Juan Soto struggling, Hassan Kim is struggling, other guys. Uh, you don't expect anything from Austin Nola. I know he wasn't in the lineup today, uh, but. When you go down 3 nothing like that, and then, you know, definitely when it was 6 nothing, when Clevenger gave up that home run to, I think, Carlos Santana, now you know it's really over. 
And I think that's a problem. Not really when it's 6-0. Teams don't really come back when it's 6-0. But when it's 3-0 and you kind of feel like eh, it's, there's a low chance the team's going to come back and win this, I think that's a problem. Um, yeah, I have Juan Soto's stats here because I know that's the big focus, right? Because I know that, you know, I was listening to John and Jim earlier, right? They're not going to go on the radio and say, oh, you know, focus on Austin Nola, right? Or focus on Hassan Kim. They're going to focus on Juan Soto, the guy that the Padres gave up their, you know, entire farm system basically for, except Jackson Merrill gave them all up uh, for this guy, for, you know, the superstar. And his numbers just aren't as good as they were with Washington. 34 games, I believe that's counting today. He hit 246 in Washington in 101 games. 34 games here so far, he's hitting 209. On base percentage in Washington was 408. His on base percentage now is 385. His slugging was 485 in Washington this year. It's 330 with the Padres. His OPS was 893 with Washington. It's 715 with the Padres. Now, having an OPS over 700 is still good. There aren't too many guys uh, in this Padres lineup that do have OPSs over 700, but that's not 893. That's nowhere near 893, you know? Um, and so Padre fans were expecting more out of him, and I think he will turn it back on. I, I think, I, I, look, Juan Soto, he's so talented. He's one of those guys where I will never give up on him as long as we have a season. As long as the Padres are in contention, I'm not going to give up on Juan Soto. I'm, I'm going to continue to say he's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. There's still three weeks left. But I probably said a week ago when he hadn't turned it on really yet, I probably said there's still four weeks to go. He'll turn it on. Just relax, you know, just be patient. But days and days and another week has gone by, and it's still uh, kind of the same. I, I know he's walking. But he's not really hitting. You know, the grounder that he had last night to the pitcher wasn't a good swing. Um, what do you do today? I know he's – uh, I'm not really blaming it. His first at-bat, uh, that was just a nasty pitch. Went 0 for 2 today. Dropped his average to 236. Struck out twice. Uh, but he, he did get on base twice. He walked twice. So, look, I'm not going to bash Juan Soto uh, for walking twice. Because, you know, like he is helping the team in that sense by getting on base. But at the same time, you know, obviously fans, me included, were expecting uh, more power out of him. Um, you know, more doubles, stuff like that. And, again, I think he's going to turn it on, but he just hasn't right now. Um, I went over going into the Seattle series, right? Ha Sung Kim was hitting 156 this month. In the Seattle series, he went 0 for 4 today and then went 0 for 3 yesterday. 0 for 7 in the Seattle series. I think he has like a 0 for 16 at least slump right now at the plate. So, and he's been hitting leadoff some games, you know? So, there's multiple guys that need to step it up. It, it, again, it's not just Soto. You'd like other guys to step it up and hopefully they can get Brandon Jury back for Arizona. But, is that going to totally change everything? I don't think so. You know, um, one guy in the lineup, I don't think changes everything. So it's going to have to be multiple guys. Uh, but those are the two main concerns for me, obviously. The starting pitching beyond Darvish. I'm not like concerned, concerned with like Musgrove uh, specifically or like Snell. Um, I'm more worried about like, can we have, if this makes sense, let me know if this makes sense. I'm more worried about if we can have a consistent rotation the rest of the year. Like, if one guy's off, okay. But I don't, I, I don't think we can have Clevenger, Snell, Musgrove all off at the same time. Or, you know, he added Manaya in there. I don't know if we can do that uh, if we want to make the postseason, you know. That, that's because when your starting pitching gets you down 3 nothing in games, Juan Soto's not clicking. You have Luis Castillo on the other side of things like happened today. You're not winning that game. Uh, it's really hard. So things from both sides are going to have to turn around.
Let me know your thoughts. Uh, we're going to get into today's game. Padres lost 6-1. to one. Get into yesterday's game. Padres won 2 to nothing. Uh, preview Arizona series. Talk about some Bob Melvin comments. Uh, this poll that Fox Sports put out yesterday that made me laugh. Uh, and the best moment from today did not come on the field for the Padres. I'll talk about that. So let me get to some comments here before getting to uh, these first two or these only two games in the Seattle series. So let's see. Starting off with Clevenger or uh, with Greg. I combined Clevenger and Greg. My bad. So Greg says Clevenger's given up too many bombs. Is he running out of gas since he didn't pitch last year? That's definitely um, a viable question, a concern. Uh, if you want to, I don't, I don't know if that's an excuse, but a reason maybe for some of Clevenger's struggles. I definitely think that that valid. Um, I don't really know. Like I'm not a doctor or anything, obviously. So I don't know what the side effects or the long-term effects of Tommy John are. Um, what I will maybe it has to do with velocity and um, the innings and not being used to throwing that many innings for a couple years. What I would say with the whole Tommy John stuff, though, I don't think the surgery and as the innings go on, I don't think that should affect the location of his pitches. That's what I'm more concerned about. Um, he's not locating well. You look at the home run that he gave up today. Uh, first was was it was the first pitch I think. Yeah, to Julio Rodriguez. Wrong game. Hang on. First pitch to Julio Rodriguez. Let me look at his pitch location one more time. Alfaro wanted it down and away, and it ended up being down and in. Kind of middle in, actually. So that's not a hitting a spot. Eugenio Suarez, the home run he gave up to him. Same inning. Alfaro kind of wanted it down, down and away a little bit, and it ended up being up and away. Those little things. That, that's, that's big, obviously, when you're in the big leagues, right? These hitters, they know what they're doing here. They're very good hitters, obviously. You want to let's look at the Carlos Santana Omar. You can't make these mistakes. The third one that Carlos Santana hit, he pretty much hit his spot, but it was still like the spot was still over the middle of the plate. Like it was, was it a changeup? I think it was. It looked like a changeup. It was a pitch over the middle of the plate, middle out that Santana pulled, 88 miles an hour. So it's not like it was gas or anything. Uh, didn't have a ton of movement on the pitch. So it was more the first two home runs that he gave up where he was missing his spots, missing in location. Um, so that's my main concern. And I don't know if Tommy John has an effect. I don't think it should have an effect on a guy's ability to locate his pitches. Sky says stranding lots of base runners once again. Yeah. Um, today... <clears throat> Excuse me. Today, the team was one for eight with runners in scoring position, left nine guys on base. So, yeah. Yeah, you'd like the offense to get clicking. Multiple guys have to start clicking. Michelle says you're persi you're persistent in your optimism. Can't root against your own team. That's counterintuitive. But the Juan Soto slump has been shocking. That kind of talent doesn't just kneel over and die like that. Yeah, I don't think he's dying. Um, he's still getting on base with walks and all that. But yeah, it is shocking. Um, now, it's not like Soto's hitting like a hundred, but this is I think his worst slump in his career. And it's just weird that whenever guys come to San Diego, it feels like they go into a slump. Um, I know this was free agency, and obviously this was the wrong move from Fowler and Preller for bringing in Hosmer, right? He was this all-star with Kansas City, and he sucked with the Padres. Um, pretty much stole money from the Padres. Um, Adam Frazier last year before the deadline comes in, hitting over 300, and doesn't really produce. They don't really have a spot for him. Part of that probably was the front office, front office's fault as well. Um, there's a lot of guys. You know, they bring in obviously Austin Nola in 2020, 
He's produced somewhat. I think he was pretty good in 2020, but he doesn't have any power or anything, and he's been hurt uh, last year, right? He started a good chunk of the time last year with a knee injury to start off the season. Or was it was it this year or last year? I don't know. This year's been long. Uh, but he hasn't been healthy all the time. I know it's catching position. You're not going to be healthy all the time, but he's been a disappointment, especially when you give up an all-star, Ty France. He wasn't an all-star at the time, but now he's been. You give up Andres Munoz, who was throwing 100 today in the ninth inning to close out the game against the Padres. Uh, Taylor Trammell, he could come off the bench right now. Uh, he was coming off the bench for the Mariners. You, you can go down the line of guys that come here. Josh Bell, what was he, one for 30 at some point when he came here? Um, in the middle of probably the first month with the Padres, one for 30 at one point. Um, so, yeah, it's... I don't know. Seems like when guys go to the Dodgers, uh, they're like amazing to start off, right? That that's, doesn't seem like it happens with the Padres. I mean, go look at the Dodgers, Trace Thompson. They obviously have a lot of their success stories as well, long term. Chris Taylor, J uh, Justin Turner, Max Muncie, guys like that. But I'm talking like short term guys that are probably uh, they were like lost. Trace Thompson, Joey Gallo, they got off to hot starts with the Dodgers. That doesn't really seem like that happens with the Padres. And if I knew the answer, I'd probably be in the Padres front office right now. So, I don't know. Let me know what you think, what you guys think about that. Yeah, Randy here says, I keep thinking about 2015 and all those stars that came in and nothing, remember? That's a little different, though, because Matt Camp out of his prime. Uh, Justin Upton, was he in his prime still? Uh, I don't know how much we were supposed to be expecting from Melvin Upton Jr. BJ Upton, I think, is what he's, he switched back to now. Um, I mean, Derek Norris... That guy just wasn't a good clubhouse guy. It seems like Will Middlebrooks was probably a little overrated. Here, you're getting Juan Soto. Like, Juan Soto doesn't compare at all to anyone they got in 2015. James Shields is another one, obviously, but we got Toddy from that. Um, so I tend to just forget about what James Shields did. But yeah, uh, Soto, he's totally on a different level than anyone they got in 2015. Soto is a Hall of Famer. Compared to Ted Williams, this guy's in the middle of his prime. Um, this is a guy you do give up. Gore, Abrams, Hassel, Wood, Susanna, Voigt. You give them all up for him. And he hasn't produced to the level that he probably expected coming to the Padres. So, yeah, you, I guess you could think of 2015 as well. Um, but I don't think this compares to 2015. Michelle says the hitting coach, quality of hitting coach perhaps might need a change. That No, they've gone through a million hitting coaches in the last decade. That doesn't do anything. I'm sure most people here, uh, if they saw Michael Berdar walking on the sidewalk, they wouldn't be able to know who that is. They wouldn't be able to identify him. Uh, no, it's the players. The players need to be better. Scapegoating doesn't do anything. I don't think it's the coaching staff. It's the players. They need to be better. Uh, and you hope, you hope that it starts against Arizona. Uh, let's talk about today's game, obviously. We kind of talked about it a little bit. Clevenger struggled, gave up those three home runs. Started off bottom of the first, giving up those two home runs. It feels like you're defeated already with this offense. Um, obviously, mislocation. I'm a little concerned about Clevenger right now, uh, as I talked about a little earlier. Um, Will I be concerned about him next time out? Uh, who would he be facing? St. Louis, I think, when they come back home. Maybe I won't be concerned then because maybe he has a good start uh, and he can hit his spots. But until he, you know, refines that location or not refine the location, once he can find the location again of some of his pitches, uh, I'm going to be concerned about him. Same thing with Musgrove as well. Um, it's a lot about location, I think, with those two. Obviously, we'll see what Manaya can do tomorrow. But yeah, um, not a good start from Clev today. 
No runs allowed by the bullpens. Not a surprise. The bullpen's been really good. Steven Wilson, no runs. Pierce Johnson, no runs. Tim Hill, no runs. They all pitched an inning. Uh, and we already talked about the offense. One for eight runners in scoring position. I want to check. I want to see. Because I've talked about Soto, obviously. I don't want to crap on Manny, you know, if I don't have to, because he's been carrying this team. And even if his stats haven't been great the last 10 days or whatever, I still don't want to crap on him. So it's almost like I don't want to look at the stats the last 10 days. I think it's been good. Uh, let me see here. Last seven games, he's hitting 240. Yeah, okay, so I'm not going to crap on him at all. He's been doing very good, like I thought. He's hitting 305 in his last 15, so he's obviously not an issue. Um, look at Will Myers. I'm just trying to find these guys that um, you know need to be better. You know, Kim is definitely one of those guys. Soto is definitely one of those guys. Myers in his last 15, hitting 314, 364 on base. I think Grisham's probably one of those guys that I would say needs to be better, right? Hitting 190 on the season. I know that averages and everything, but his OPS is 652. Last 15 games, his on-base percentage is only 279. Right, that's, that's not terrible. Last seven games, though, it's 208. His average is 136 over the last seven games. So you'd like him to be better. But again, see, I'm just pointing out multiple guys that I think need to be better in this lineup, along with the starting pitching as well. Um, so, yeah, disappointing. Not a ton to talk about in this game, um, just because it felt like it was over kind of after that first inning. You know, when Clev gives up those two home runs, it's like, oh, hot start. All right. And then you just go down through the innings. They don't score until the seventh. So, you know, six nothing at one point. But I mean, I don't want to totally bash the offense from this series because I do recognize that they faced Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo. I mean, these two guys have been great this year. So I don't want to say, oh man, this offense is freaking garbage and we're not making the postseason. Like, uh, I'm not going to go there right now. Um, there's still three weeks to go, as I talked about a little bit earlier. But getting back to the offense, it's more of a trend. I think that's why I'm bringing it up. It's not, it's not just this series, right? This series, I don't really think should be like the, the, the primary focus because it was Gilbert Castillo. You got to keep, uh, tip your cap to especially Castillo today. I mean, I think it was that two-seamer that he threw to Soto in the first inning. You can go look that up at Talking Friars on Twitter. Absolutely nasty. Um, so they face tough pitching. But people in the chat here will probably, or someone listening on the podcast or whatever, you're probably thinking in your head, well, Ben, if they make the postseason, they're going to be facing tough pitching as well. So they're going to have to start hitting tough pitching anyway. So maybe you should start doing it now. And that's a valid point as well. Um, but it, it also is a valid point to point out that they had the two better starters in this series. I know they had Dart, Padres had Darvish yesterday, but Castillo obviously is the better starter over Clevenger, at least right now. Um, so they had that advantage. And then obviously they hit home runs today. Padres didn't. So Padres lost 6-1. Frustrating. Um, you know, they got on through some walks. Juan Soto walked. Uh, Crony singled off Castillo. Profar singled off Castillo. Uh, I think Myers singled off Castillo. There was a hit by pitch in there. But I don't think they had an extra base hit. They, uh, they did not have an extra base hit off of Castillo. They had a double off of Murphy, or they had two, Myers and then Alfaro. Um, 
But yeah, no extra base hits, one for eight with runners in scoring position. So if you're looking at those numbers and you're not looking at who is pitching, you're going to say, yeah, those need to improve. And I think that's still valid as well. Uh, but also they were facing really, really good pitching. And with Brandon Drury hopefully coming back in this Arizona series, you would hope that those numbers, you would think that those numbers will improve and some more power, power with Powell, some more power will be uh, added to the lineup. Uh, but yeah, frustrating game. You like to take both these games, obviously, because Milwaukee is Corbin Burns tonight on the mound, their best starter against uh, St. Louis. I'm not saying St. Louis is bad. They're winning their division. But you'd think if Burns is starting, they're going to win that game. Um, and if they do, uh, Padres have a one-game advantage over them for a playoff spot, which it's cool for fans that don't care about the Padres or the Brewers. Uh, but obviously, it's nerve-wracking for Padre fans. And it's probably pretty exciting for Brewers fans because they probably didn't think they were going to be in it uh, unless they won the division. So, we'll see what happens in Arizona. Talking about Tuesday's game, obviously that game was a much better game to watch, uh, pitching-wise. Offense, offensively, uh, they were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position, left 11 guys on base, but again, Logan Gilbert, he's been great um, this year, most of this year, and that's another tough pitching matchup, but props to the Padres for getting him out of there in the fifth inning. Um, Gilbert did walk three guys. Obviously, the story, though, is you Darvish in this game. The one starting pitcher I fully trust, 100%, 100% trust you Darvish. That's the guy right now. Easily game one wildcard series. Um, life on the line, Darvish is the guy starting right now. Could change three weeks from now. You could add Musgrove and Snell into that conversation at the end of these three weeks. It, I, I, you know, it ma all that matters, I guess, as long as they get in, who is pitching great, uh, who is on their game as they go into the wild card series. You know, scheduled wise, what that looks like. But the guy I trust right now, it's Darvish. Eight innings last night, two hits only, didn't walk anyone. Was great um, inside the strike zone. Seven punch outs. Obviously, didn't give up any home runs because he gave up no runs. Some thought he should have completed the game, or at least Bomell should have given him the shot to go complete the game. I was fine with Josh Hader going and pitching the ninth. One, Darvish already did his job. Eight innings, probably wanted seven out of him. He gave you eight. Didn't give up any runs, didn't walk anyone. And then two, you get to have Josh Hader in there. You picked up an extra run in, what was that, the ninth inning? Picked up an extra run there. So you have an extra run of insurance, or one run of insurance. Um, it was 2 nothing. You can bring Hayter in, and you give him more confidence. And, you, and he's back. That's what it looks like. So Darvish got the job. He did his job, and you give Hayter more confidence when he comes in and absolutely battles his tail off against Ty France in that final at-bat. Strikes out Haggerty for the first out. Strikes out uh, J.P. Crawford. Gives up the single to Rodriguez. Um, but then that 10-pitch at-bat to Ty France. I mean, I thought he was going to continue to go to the fastball. He did a lot in that at-bat. It was majority fastballs. And he was hitting a lot of his spots, uh, which was very encouraging. I have a breakdown on that here on this YouTube channel if you want to check that out after this episode. Um, but yeah, he threw out the, he pulled out his changeup, but I didn't know that he's, he had a changeup, really. Maybe he's, maybe I knew that, but it was really fastball slider. And then he throws up the changeup there, and it's just absolutely nasty. I mean, imagine if he can find that slider, because a couple of those sliders to France almost hit France, but if he has those fastballs hitting his spots like he was up and in, that's hard to make great contact with. You saw France he was on it, but he was fouling him back, uh, fouling him off to the right. He couldn't barrel one. Um, so if he has that, he has the changeup low in the zone like that. He has the slider. If he can throw it for strikes, backdoor pitch, holy cow, Josh Hader is back. He is, if that happens, he could be the best reliever in baseball. That's who the Padres traded for. Um, so 
we talk about this bullpen. I'm confident in this bullpen right now. I think it's the strength of this ball club. Yeah, Josh Hader pitching like this and finding all of his pitches. I mean, that is the clear strength of this ball ball club now. And you know you need that those big relievers come postseason time. You know, it comes down to pitching. And if they have this bullpen going and you have three weeks to fix this starting pitching, if that's going well, then they have a chance. You would think that Soto is going to be hitting better come that time, right? Again, this is if they make the postseason. But if all those things are happening, you would think the offense is going to be a little bit better. They have a chance to go as long as they want to. I know the Dodgers probably won't beat them, but regardless of who they face in the wild card series, they can beat them. If they face the Mets or the Braves, whoever they would face in the NLDS, they could beat them. Again, if they have that strong bullpen, they have that strong rotation, and if the bullpen can, or not the bullpen, excuse me, the lineup, if the lineup as a whole can collectively start to find it, this team's still dangerous. So I'm optimistic about that. And obviously Tuesday was great for Darvish. Uh, it was great for Hater, obviously confidence-wise. I'm so happy, or I was so happy to see Hater watching that, to see Hater get that save, um, because he was right, rightfully so. He was booed, you know, that national series at Petco really heavily, throwing the ball past Josh Bell into right field, giving up the home run to Joey Manessis, a guy that's never hit a home run in the big leagues before, uh, just not being able to consistently throw strikes the night before. Walking was it Nelson Cruz, I think, uh, with the bases loaded to bring in the go ahead run or game tying run, whatever it was, I forget. Uh, giving up a liner left that Wilcott sack fly scored a run. I remember all this like, obviously, the Kansas City outing was brutal. He deserved to get booed, he, he just wasn't performing. Uh, his mechanics were off, but I'm so glad that he's found it because this is a huge piece for this Padres team going forward for the rest of the season. If you can rely on Nick Martinez, Josh Hader, uh, and pretty much the rest of this bullpen, other than Stammen maybe, then just get a lead. Get a lead, and you're going to feel confident winning games the rest of the way, I think. So you had some positives from this series, had some negatives, obviously. Clevenger was a negative. The offense was a negative, but again, I, I it's more of a negative because it's the trend that's continuing. It's not a negative uh, like this series only, if that makes sense. Because Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo were really good. Um, those are elite pitching. You know, I, I'd like, obviously, we wouldn't be able to get a hit. I know they're professionals, but college players, uh, us, we wouldn't be able to get a hit. We wouldn't be able to touch what Luis Castillo was throwing today. And so Soto's slumping, and then you add in what Castillo's throwing, that's hard. Um, and so I'm just hoping the offense can find a groove. I know I'm kind of rambling here, um, but it's kind of just that same message, consistent message. You hope that the offense finds their way consistently. You think that Soto's going to because it's almost like he has to just because of everything they gave up and the expectations, and it's Juan Soto. So you just believe that he's going to find it there's still three weeks left there uh and there's also three weeks still for snell and musgrove specifically them clevenger as well uh but musgrove and snell they'd be the two and three game starters i would think in a wild card series you have time for them to find it location wise and snell to not have those blow up innings um so i'm trying to take positives from some of this series you know all right i'm going to check the chat here and then i'll talk about there's preview the Arizona series a little bit, the Bob Melvin comments uh, that I thought were a little interesting, the Fox Sports poll that was put out. The, that was ridiculous. Uh, and then, yes, uh, Jeffrey already requested it about the uh, grasshopper thing today. Yeah, I will talk about that as well. We need something to smile about. Okay. I'm sc sorry, I'm scrolling up here. got to find where I ended off with the chat.
SD Fan 44 says the Musgrove we've seen the last five starts, it's the real Musgrove. I tend to disagree with that. Um, the real Musgrove hits his spots, so and he hasn't hit his spots consistently, so I, I disagree with that. And the majority of the year, he's been really good. Yeah, Jeffrey Kim is in a slump. We covered that. Greg says Kim, Profar, and Grisham is guys that need to turn it around. Uh, yeah, That's, I, I agree with that. Lakeum says, I think we need Brandon Jury to boost our lineup. He will be a boost. Uh, yeah, hopefully they get him back for Arizona. Uh, here's JD's third again. Says Padres are done next season. Maybe if Preller, if AJ steps down. Okay, that's not happening. AJ is under a contract extension. He just brought in Juan Soto. He made all the moves he needed to make. I'm say, I feel like I'm saying the same thing I did the other day when you made this comment about AJ needing to be gone. He's not going to step down. AJ made all of the moves that he needed to make to improve this team. It's up to the players now. That's the, I feel like that's the last time I should even address that. Oh, there we go. There's some faith. Saul still says, I still have faith in this team. JD's third says, Ben will never tell the truth about this team. Look at last season. That's funny. Because I thought I just went on for like 20 minutes talking about how it's a concern about their starting rotation in the lineup. So, okay. Look at and the look at last season thing, it's a totally different team, dude. Did last season have Juan Soto on the team? Did we don't have Jake Arrieta in the rotation, okay? And I know you can be like I'm concerned about the rotation as a whole, but they actually have like guys that can do it at the big league level and aren't about to retire. They have those guys in the rotation. They have a better bullpen right now. They don't, they don't have Emilio Pagan on their team right now, okay? They have Josh Hader finding, finding it. They have weapons in that bullpen. They have guys that have shown they can produce. You know, their big additions at the trade deadline this year, it wasn't Adam Frazier with no power. I know Soto doesn't, he's not really showing that he has the power right now, but we know that Juan Soto is different than Adam Frazier. So I'm going to continue being optimistic about what they did at the trade deadline, this team being different from last year, because I do believe it is different from last year. All right, previewing the Arizona series here real quick. We got the pitching matchups. Um, tomorrow it's going to be Shamanaya. Don't know who's pitching for Arizona. Friday's Blake Snell against Mad Bum. Saturday is Musgrove against Zach Gallon. Zach Gallon, that's going to be hard, I would think, to win that game. He's on a huge scoreless streak right now. I don't know if he gave up a run his last start against Colorado, but he's been on a huge scoreless streak, so that's going to be rough. Um, Sunday, I believe, is going to be Darvish against Ryan Nelson. Ryan Nelson, uh, I think that was that Monday day game. Diamondbacks were here. Um, Pitched really well against us. That was when Matt Beatty was in the lineup. So there's there's some tough guys there. Padres usually do really well against Mad Bum. Friday seems like a game they could be able to win, should be able to win. I think Sunday, that's a game you should win uh, with Darvish on the mound. Every game with Darvish on the mound going forward, unless Darvish like struggles, that's a game you should win. Um, so you would think that they should at least split. Uh, but right now, you got to... Set higher expectations than that, I think, for this team. Uh, taking three out of four is against the Diamondbacks. I think that's what you got to do here. Diamondbacks 66 and 75 right now. Uh, they were just playing the Dodgers. Do they play? The, yeah, they play the Dodgers tonight. So there will be 67 win team or 70 or still a 66 win team, 76 loss team. 
when they play the Padres at uh, Chase Field tomorrow. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. Gaglionebros.com is their website located on Friars Road, inside Snapdragon Stadium, and inside Petco Park. Uh, when events are there, I encourage you to check them out. Great cheesesteaks, fries, garlic fries, cheesesteak fries. Those are amazing. So I recommend you check them out if you have not already. Um, talking about Bob Melvin. So he made these comments to Dennis Lynn. I forget when it was. I don't know if Dennis Lynn said it in his article in The Athletic. If he did, I apologize. But this is kind of a weird quote. I don't think you sh we should really make a ton out of it. But I did want to mention it because it does it does have the Padres manager, Bob Melvin, acknowledging that there is a tension on this team and that they they realize that there's a tension on this team, I guess. So here it is. So this was at the end of Dennis Lynn's article. I think he put it out yesterday on. So that was uh, Tuesday for anyone listening, podcast or watching on replay. Bomel says it. Quote, it just seems like there's a lot going on here, but that's a good thing. That means that you're in a position to win and people are watching. And here in San Diego, you know, we're the only game in town. So it has a lot to do with that, too. And I'm not saying it's a negative. Um, it's a positive. Sorry, it was a, it was a weird quote that was written there. Um, so he's saying... That there, he's acknowledging there's a lot going on. Like, there's a lot of attention in San Diego. Uh, and obviously, this is a playoff team. But if you go to other markets, if a team's in the playoffs, like, you go to New York and the Yankees, there's attention on them. You go to the uh, New York with the Mets, there's attention on them. There's attention on every playoff team. Uh, I know that there's varying degrees of it because, like, Milwaukee, they're probably focused on the Packers because the NFL is bigger than Major League Baseball. That brings in bigger ratings and all that. But there's still attention on Milwaukee. There's still pressure, I would think, on Milwaukee a little bit. But with the Padres, yeah, I understand that that's, you know, the Padres, they have the most pressure on them in town, obviously, because they're the big professional team uh, of the four leagues. They're, the Padres are the only San Diego big four team we have. Um, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of attention on the Padres. He's right about that. Uh, but I thought it was kind of weird that he said, but that's a good thing. That means you're in a position to win. And then again, later in the quote, he says, uh, you know, being the only game in town, I'm not saying it's a negative, it's a positive. So him, like, almost, it felt like, and again, I wasn't there to hear his tone or anything, but he was pretty much saying, yeah, there's a lot of attention on this, uh, on us, and kind of probably in his head, he's like, yeah, I haven't felt that in Oakland ever, <laughs> uh, usually because they're focused on the Warriors or the Niners or whatever, you know, um, or the Raiders when they were in Oakland. So I, I haven't, you know, been used to that with all this attention on my team. So I've had to, got, I've had to get used to that. Um, but then he tries, but then he's like, okay, I'm, this might be turning into a bad thing. So now I got to shift it and say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's a negative. It's a positive. Don't worry. I'm not saying it's a negative. That was kind of weird to me. I don't know what else to say other than that. Like, it just felt weird to me that um, he brought that up about a lot going on here and how much attention is on the team. For me, it was kind of like a no duh. Like, yeah, this team's in the postseason. This team's in the postseason. If the season ended today, they're fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, they acquired one of the best players, one of the best hitters ever before the trade deadline. Your team did. Your GM did. So, yeah, I, there's going to be pressure on the team. Are you not expecting that? I don't know. Um, I still trust Bomo, obviously. This has nothing to do with, like, me trusting Bomo or Bomo being a great manager. I just thought it was a weird quote reading it. I don't know if Dennis Lynn asked him specifically about the pressure on the Padres being in San Diego and being a winning team and all that. But like, I thought that was weird that he was, it's almost like he was like surprised by how much attention the Padres got. Maybe that's when he just got here and he was like, Oh wow, this, there's a lot of tension. 
that I don't think that should have been surprising. Um, again, I, I there's nothing really to make of it. I don't know how much I want to say or how much I should say more about that. Like, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. I just thought it was weird, the comment. Um, you know, it just seems like there's going a lot going on here, but that's a good thing. That means that you're in a position to win and people are watching. And here in San Diego, only game in town. So it has a lot to do with that, too. And I'm not saying it's a negative. It's a positive. I don't know. It was weird. Um, okay, moving on to the Fox Sports MLB poll. Holy cow. So yesterday, they tweeted out this graphic, uh, this poll. And it's on their Twitter, I think, Fox Sports MLB. Maybe they took it down because of how bad it was. I don't know. But they asked, which closer has the best walkout song of all time? Their options were Mariano Rivera, as you probably would expect. Enter Sandman. John Smoltz, who probably people don't even remember as a reliever. He's a starter in the Hall of Fame. But they have him in there. Um, because it, it is a song, it's not the closer himself. But he said, but one of them was John Smoltz for Dancing Queen, Edwin Diaz for Narco. I like that actually, to be honest. Uh, and Eric Gagne, Welcome to the Jungle, who feels like every reliever has that. That's like the default reliever song. Okay, so I'm fine with Enter Sandman, I guess I'm fine with Welcome to the Jungle, I'm fine with Narco the Timmy Trumpets thing with Edwin Diaz. I think that's actually really cool what they do with the Mets. But to have Dancing Queen over there, John Smoltz, Dancing Queen, because they did, it's not like they just put the song, they did put the player with it. So I guess they are associating that as well. So why the heck is John Smoltz, Dancing Queen on there and Trevor Hoffman, Hell's Bells, not on there? This guy has a reliever of the year award named after him. You think of closer songs, it's Enter Sandman and Hell's Bells. You have a reliever, Ryan Helsley, copying the same, using the same thing that the Padres used for Hell's Bells. All the graphics, the fire, like they're doing that with the Cardinals. It's just it's dumb. It leaves me dumbfounded how Trevor Hoffman, his song is not in this poll. Makes no sense, whatever. So I wrote on Twitter, maybe they forgot to put second in front of all, uh, second. Uh, they probably forgot to put second in front of best. Maybe they meant to say which closer has the second best walkout song of all time because how do you not include Hell's Bells? It makes no sense. I wanted to include that. Okay. Um, I did see a comment. Someone wanted me to talk about the Dawn and Mud grasshopper thing. Yeah, I posted that on the Instagram at Talking Friars, also on Twitter. This was hilarious. So the Padres, obviously, they weren't doing so great today, right? They lost 6-1. to one. I forget what the score was at that time. Um, I can look it up right now because I had the video. I'm going to play the audio too. Um, but yeah, so they're in Seattle. Anyone that's been to Seattle, they have the grasshoppers. I tried some a few years ago when I was there. I actually thought they were fine. Um, not something I would eat every day, but for me, it was, it was kind of like sunflower seeds a little bit. I thought, I, was, I thought it was okay. Don and Mud, they tried them today. In the fourth inning, it was 3-0 Mariners. Offense wasn't doing a whole lot. Luis Castillo was pitching well. So they have the grasshoppers. And Don had already tried them, I believe. And Don was just giving them the mud, having mud try them. They were not fans of them. And I encourage you to go look up the video because there's a guy sitting to Don's left in blue who uh, maybe he, read, he hands them papers to read, ad reads or whatever during the broadcast. I don't know what he does. But he's sitting there and he is laughing his tail off watching these guys have the grasshoppers because... He's pro I think he, his job probably is to sit in the visitor's booth with the visitor broadcast TV guys. And so he's probably had people do this before. But to me, it seemed like this was the funniest thing that he'd ever seen. Like this was the funniest broadcast booth trying these grasshoppers that he's ever seen go through Seattle. So uh, again, it's on Twitter at Talking Friars. I encourage you to go look it up. Also on 
also on Instagram. And pay attention to the guy to the left in blue of Don laughing his butt off during it. Uh, but here is the audio, okay? Hang on. Let me set up this audio. Seattle that I'm going to give you in a moment. Is that crickets? Uh, don't worry about it. You're just going to taste it. And I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts. Take a, take a big, like a pinch. You know, take a big pinch. And then just throw it in your mouth. Okay. First of all, I, I don't oh. do spicy stuff. Oh, it's not spicy. Seriously. Oh, no, no. I've okay. already checked. It's not spicy. But you want to get a good amount. Well, first of all, I got a question. Is this legitimate? Questions. Is this legitimate food served here in Seattle? Absolutely. Okay. You can get this at a uh, concession stand yeah. out in center field. So I, want, I get a good amount so you get a, enough of flavor because I don't want you to get, there you go, perfect. Now you're going to just put that in your mouth. Well, I can, tell, I, I, I can tell you already. It's, yeah, it's show some, everybody it's, how much you got. That's quite a bit. It's some type of insect, and I have no. Oh. Oh, yeah. I love the oh, yeah part. And as this is going, the guy to Don's left is laughing his butt off. This is just the middle of it, okay? I'm going to continue playing it now. What do you think? It's crunchy. Crunchy. Uh, you feel like you get a lot of protein? Is that grasshopper? Yes, it is. Is it really? Yes. Huh? Pretty good. It's, it's different. It's not, it's not like, no, seriously. It, it, it tastes burnt almost. Like, um, it's got a burnt taste to it, doesn't it? It's nasty. <laughs> oh, now the aftertaste is brutal. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, it's gross. Oh, nasty. Oh, wow. You can hear that guy laughing in the background. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that, but you can hear the guy laughing in the background. Hang on, let's continue. It tastes like a grasshopper. You know, at first, it tastes like a grasshopper. Have you had one before? No, but this is what I imagined it would taste like. You know, it... <laughs> oh my god. That's horrible. <laughs> my part my partner's losing it. Oh my god. That's gross. All right. So that's that. Absolutely hilarious. Again, that doesn't do it justice. Go look at that clip at Talking Frogs on Twitter or Instagram. You can I encourage you to follow the channels as well. I put out videos. Twitter specifically, I put out clips during the games and stuff, so if you want more of that, follow that. Um, but that was, that might be, I don't know. I'll probably put together uh, or a highlight reel of the funny Don and Mud moments from this year uh, at the end of the season. Hopefully it's after the Padres make a run in the postseason, obviously. But that might be up there for the funniest moment, I think, this season, Don and Mud in the booth. There was, there, there's some that stand out to me, like uh, the cutouts that they had in Pittsburgh. Uh, Mud saying, hey, there's Joe Musgrove when the camera's just pointing at him. It's like, yeah, we know it's Joe Musgrove and Don just dying. Uh, whenever Don laughs, it, it always makes me laugh. It, it's not, it's not like, you know, I'm laughing all of the time at what they're saying. Sometimes it's just there's some people's laughs that make you laugh. Regardless of what they're laughing about, you might not think it's funny at all. But Don's laugh, whenever he laughs, it at least makes me smile. Like, I might not be laughing at whatever was happening. I was laughing at what was happening today. But whenever he laughs and he's, you know, going and... uh you know, he's he's lost. He just keeps laughing. That That's, you know, Tony Gwynn's another one. You, I'm sure people that ha, were fortunate enough to watch him play or whenever he would laugh, they probably laughed too or they at least smiled. It just puts you in a good mood. Um, so I wanted to end this episode by doing that, uh, by playing that. Again, I encourage you to go watch that if you have not already. Yeah, you're welcome, Jeffrey, for posting that on Twitter. Um, an amazing moment. Uh, that's definitely going to be up there for one of their funniest, if not the funniest moment from Dun and uh, Dud. Who's Dud? From Dawn and Mud uh, this year. So a lot covered. 
in this episode. Obviously, concerned I am about the offense as a whole. Um, I hope to not be concerned, obviously, as the weeks go on before the season ends. And the Padres might be a game back or a game only ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers by the night, by uh, the time tonight ends. So we'll see. Clevenger, I'm worried about. Rotation as a whole, I'm kind of worried about. But they are playing Arizona uh, coming up in this next series. So hopefully things can start to turn around then. Hopefully they get Brandon Drury back and things can, you know, trend in the right direction. All right. Episode 231, Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show is done. I'm Ben Fadden, your host, signing off. Go Padres. I'll see you later.